Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. In the Apostle Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, he vividly describes how desperate mankind is apart from God. Listen to chapter 2, verse 12. That you were at that time apart from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But in his letter to the new believers in Thessalonica, he repeatedly points them to the great hope of all the believers, and that is the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and the promise of our rapture at the end of the age. Rapture is a big topic in the New Testament, but in a few select verses in 1 Thessalonians, we have a marvelous overview that will fill all believers with the genuine hope promised in God's word and secured in the shed blood of Christ. He is coming again, and all those who believe will join him at that coming. But we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, concerning those who are sleeping, that you would not grieve even as also the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, so also those who have fallen asleep through Jesus, God will bring with him. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are living who are left remaining unto the coming of the Lord shall by no means precede those who have fallen asleep. Because the Lord himself, with a shout of command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are living, who are left remaining, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord." Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Bob Danker has joined us today, our first of two programs dealing with the matter of the rapture and the Lord's second coming. We'll focus on the rapture today, Bob, an immensely interesting topic for most believers. And even now in today's modern world, I think, with especially a lot of these books and things that have been written, even a lot of unbelievers are intrigued by this matter, aren't they? That's right. It just seems to have caught the attention of believers and unbelievers alike This phenomenon, which is known as rapture, and which is clearly mentioned in the New Testament and is related to our hope as Christians, as believers in Christ. Yeah, we touched that a little bit. Of course, Paul's sober word, accurate word in Ephesians 2, describing all of us before we were saved, uh, without hope, without God, and really alienated from God. But the hope of these believers, and Paul talks a lot about hope in this book of First Thessalonians chapter 1, the verse we read in chapter 4, the hope of all the believers is the Lord's coming and our rapture to him, isn't it? It is. This is the uh, wonderful hope of all those who have believed in the Lord Jesus. We are not a people uh, like the unbelievers who have no hope whatsoever. We have a living hope. In 1 Peter, it says that God has regenerated us unto a living hope. Wow. And this hope is related to the divine life which we have received through regeneration, and it is altogether 
something related to the Lord's coming and our being caught up or gathered together to be with him. In the ministry of Watchman E and Witness Lee, who the two primarily that we represent at Living Stream, there is an understanding and interpretation of some of the aspects of the rapture that I would just tell our listeners up front, uh, some who have been with us for a number of years have maybe heard some programs before where we touch the matter of rapture, but to many this will be brand new. And the aspects that we will present in the next couple of days in some regards are not the commonly held or most commonly held thought concerning these important topics, are they? That's right. In the minds of most believers, the subject of the rapture is a rather simple one. Uh-huh. There's not very many details, but if you actually get into the New Testament concerning this matter of the rapture, you will see there are many details that are actually not covered in First Thessalonians, but are covered in other portions of the Word. And perhaps in other programs here, we will touch some of those details. But if we just focus on one passage like First Thessalonians chapter 4, mm-hmm. we will miss many crucial and important details concerning the rapture. We will broaden a bit, particularly tomorrow's program, and invite you to uh, really uh, come back and join us there. We will get into some of these other passages in the New Testament, exploring both the rapture and the Lord's second coming. These two topics are integrally related. But this passage in chapter 4 that I read a moment ago is really a kind of an overview a summary of the matter, and Paul was really presenting it to this church of young believers to fill them with hope, wasn't he? Absolutely. Paul's purpose here was not to give the believers all the details concerning the rapture, but to fill these new believers in Christ, newborn babes, with the hope of the Lord's coming and our being gathered together to be with him. Mm. All right. Let's join Witness Lee, Bob, for our first segment. We know... For the uh, fallen race, due to man's fall, there is no hope. The only thing the uh, fallen human beings could hope for is death. But we Christians live a life full of hope. Our life is full of future. Our life is full of hope. And our hope is the Lord coming back because we will have resurrection and we will have rapture. We all have to know resurrection is not only life, but something further than life. That is life overcoming death. When life overcomes death, you have the resurrection. And rapture is Another further step than resurrection. Today we are here waiting for his coming. And that coming will bring us something further that is resurrection and uh, rapture. Resurrection, no doubt, is for the dead ones. Well, the Lord may delay his coming back, so due to this, we'll go to sleep. That means we will die bodily. If we will live until the Lord's coming back, we don't need resurrection, but we still need rapture. And those sleeping ones, when they enter into resurrection, they will be the same as we are. They also need rapture. You see? All will need the rapture. Rapture, actually, is the end 
of our life on this earth. Our ending is not death nor resurrection, but rapture. What is the real meaning of rapture? We Christians understand in a sense to be snatched up, but rapture does mean this. Actually, this word means exceeding joy. It means you will be crazily joyful. You'll be uh, shuttled up with joy. You will be so joyful that you don't know what to say. And you don't know where you are. And you don't know what you're going to be. This rapture. Bob, I don't have a specific question on this portion as much as an invitation just for you to reflect on some of the things we just heard. A couple of striking things. One about the only hope that the unbelievers have is a hope in death, a kind of a vague, uh, mysterious hope in something they don't know anything about and just are hoping somehow it's better. That is pitiful, isn't it? Very pitiful. This is a great thing that we as believers in Christ have been uh, delivered out of such a miserable hope, hoping in death. Yeah. Terrible thing. Our hope is not in death, but our hope is in Christ, especially the coming Christ, the one who is coming to, if we have died before he comes, he comes to resurrect us from death. Mm -hmm. And if we are still living on the earth when he comes, he comes to catch us up, take us up off the earth to meet him in the air, as Paul describes here in 1 Thessalonians. And this word rapture, which is used by many believers, Uh it does refer to being caught up, as Paul said here in 1 Thessalonians, but the word itself really means kind of an ecstasy or a exceedingly joyful state. We're just caught up into joy, and that's marvelous also. The Lord Jesus said, God is not the God of the dead. Right. That implies that everyone who claims God as his God will be resurrected. God is not the God of anyone who is dead and God does not have anything to do with death. He's the living God, and he imparts his divine life into all those who believe in Christ. And this life is the life that will raise us up when the Lord comes. This life is eternal, indestructible, wow. incorruptible. We have such a life such that even if our body, our physical life is taken away by death, this divine life, eternal life, goes on. It does not stop. And it's so vigorous and overcoming uh, that it swallows up death. When the Lord comes, all the death will be swallowed up and we will be resurrected. Not only resurrected, but also raptured, caught up into the air to meet the Lord. This, to me, was another striking point in this portion, that for every believer, the end of their existence, of our existence on this earth, will be rapture, won't it? For every believer, without any exception. Those who have died before, those who are alive when the Lord comes again, all the believers have this common experience of ending their earthly journey with a rapture. That's right. Isn't that wonderful? That is. And no wonder Paul told these uh, Thessalonian believers, these young believers, that they had a work of faith, a labor of love, and an endurance of hope. This kind of hope fills us with endurance, doesn't it? It does. If we have this hope... We can endure until the Lord comes. A couple of the verses that we read a bit ago we want to come back to now because, uh, as I mentioned, so far we've just touched things in a general way, and I think everything we have said is in line with 
the common thought concerning rapture. But even these verses that are admittedly general do give some hint that things may not be what we have just assumed them to be related to these matters. Let's look at verse 16 and 17 again. Because the Lord himself, with a shout of command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are living, who are left remaining, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will be always with the Lord. Here's Witness Lee once more. The rapture is a big matter in the New Testament. What is taught here by the Apostle Paul is just a general sketch. A general sketch of our rapture, including the sleeping one's resurrection at the Lord's coming back. Actually, the matter of rapture is not so simple. But Paul's idea is to give the new believers a general concept of the hope of our Christian life. Our Christian life, which is for the church, has hope. It has a hope. And this hope is the Lord's coming back, wrapped up with our resurrection and rapture. Today, most of the Christians were taught with a kind of superstitious doctrine that a saved person, after dead, he goes to the heavens to be there with the Lord Jesus. They quote this verse, verse 14, to say the dead saints are there in the heavens with the Lord Jesus. When the Lord Jesus comes, he will bring these dead ones to come together with him. But, listen, in 16 says, when the Lord Jesus comes, the dead saints have to rise up. From where they rise up? If the dead saints are really today in the heavens with the Lord, then these dear ones don't need the resurrection. But here it tells us they need to rise up. You have to read the word rise strongly. If they are in the heavens already, why do they need to rise? Not only so, verse 17, Then we who are living, who remain, shall be caught up at the same time together with them. Caught up together. You see? Then we when they will all be caught up. All right, Bob, here's where we take uh, maybe an unexpected turn for a number of our listeners. The problem is we have God's Word that we have to deal with and not just our traditional concepts, don't we? That's right. Our traditional concept tells us that after a believer dies, he goes immediately to heaven where he's with the Lord. But actually, the Bible tells us that after we die, we go into paradise, which is the pleasant section of Hades, and we wait there with all the other believers throughout all the generations who have died. We wait there for the day of the Lord's coming. Then, according to Paul's word here, 
all those who have died in the Lord will rise up. They'll be resurrected from that place where the dead are kept. And that place is not heaven, but it's paradise where the Lord Jesus went right. after he died on the cross. He went to paradise and he rose up from that place in his resurrection. We will follow him to go where he went and to rise up from the place where he rose from. So we really need to have our concept corrected by the word of God, the pure word of the Bible. And I'd like to point out another verse if I could. Sure. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 34. Peter here was preaching the gospel to uh, the Jews, and he mentions David, the king. He said, you all know that David died and was buried, and his tomb is here among us to this day. Mm -hmm. And a few verses later, Peter said, Acts 2.34, For David did not ascend into the heavens. Where is David today? Is he in heaven? According to this word, he's not in heaven. He has not yet ascended into the heavens. David is in paradise, where Abraham is, where Paul is, Peter is, John is, and all those who have died in the Lord are in paradise, a pleasant section of Hades, the place where the dead are kept. So this is consistent with the Lord's word to the uh, dying thief on the cross, the one of the the two that were there that recognized, and in a sense, we realize, received Christ that day. He said something to the effect that this day you will see me or I will be with you in paradise. Exactly, Chris. This exactly corresponds to that word. This place, paradise, is definitely not heaven. Actually, there are other verses, I believe, in the book of Acts that tell us, and in Ephesians that tell us, when the Lord died, he went into the heart of the earth. He actually went to a place that's in the center of this earth. Called Paradise. Called Paradise. And that is the pleasant, again, I say the pleasant section of Hades. Hades, which is the general region of the dead, has two sections. One is a pleasant section where the dead who believe in the Lord are, are kept and are waiting the resurrection and the rapture. The other place is a very unpleasant part of Hades right. where the unbelievers are kept until not until the Lord's coming, but until the end of the millennium where they will be judged by the Lord at the great white throne. Wow. Okay, let's go back to Witness Lee for our final segment today. Uh, And here he's going to touch another passage uh, briefly that helps confirm some of the things we're talking about. Revelation chapter 12, verse 5 also talks about the rapture. It says, and she, the woman, brought forth a son, a man-child, who is to shepherd all the nations with an iron rod, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Let's go back to Witness Lee for our final segment. Verse 15, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are living after this, Paul adds, who remain unto the coming of the Lord shall by no means precede those who have slept. Then, verse 17, then we who are living, who remain. Why he add this word? Who remain? If you are thoughtful, you could understand this implies that some living ones 
do not remain. Some living ones by this time are gone. Who are these living ones who are gone? The overcomers. The rapture of the overcomers will transpire before the last three and a half years, the period of the Great Tribulation. But the rapture mentioned here in this chapter will transpire probably at the end of the Great Tribulation. Time-wise, these two raptures are different. One transpires before the Great Tribulation. The other transpires probably at the end of the Great Tribulation. Not only so. According to Revelation 12, the rapture of the overcomers is up to the throne of God. But in this chapter, the rapture will be up to the air, to the cloud. You see, not only time-wise, even space-wise, there is a difference of the two raptures. Bob, we're going fast. We're covering a lot of ground here. I really believe that our listeners need to uh, join us at the end of the program so we can tell them how to get these printed material to study further. But in addition to the matter that all the believers are raptured, meaning that those who died ahead of us in the Lord have not gone on to heaven, otherwise they would not need to be raised up in that day. We now have the matter that there's a clear reference to the fact the rapture of the believers is not at the, all at the same time time, is it? Yes, Chris, that is right. In the First Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul gives us only a hint that there is more than one rapture. When he says uh, here, we who are living, who are left remaining unto the coming of the Lord. And then again, he says, we who are living, who are left remaining. Right. Two, two places two, in this pas- two places passage. Two places in the passage that we're dealing with here he mentions this matter of being left remaining. So Paul could have said merely, we who are living. Yeah, when the Lord comes again. All who are living, who are alive when the Lord comes. But he added something, who are left remaining. This implies that there are some who are living, but who are not remaining. Where are these ones? They were raptured earlier. They were taken in an earlier rapture, which... Uh, Witness Lee points out to us, will take place at or near the beginning of the Great Tribulation, whereas this rapture in 1 Thessalonians 4 will take place at the Lord's physical descending, when he descends physically from heaven at the end of the Great Tribulation. And then Witness Lee referred to Revelation 12, which speaks about the rapture of the man-child. It says, this man-child is caught up to God's throne. Right. Whereas here in 1 Thessalonians 4, the raptured ones are caught up to the air. That means to the air above the earth, not to the throne of God in the third heavens. This indicates that there are two raptures referred to. And actually, the rapture in Revelation 12 takes place before Satan is cast down from heaven to the earth at the beginning of the Great Tribulation. So you can see there's a time difference as well as a difference in the place to which the raptured ones are taken. 
So these are indications, yeah, that this matter of the rapture is more complicated than our traditional understanding indicates. Well, I wish we had more time to get into this uh, today because, as I said, I'm sure we have uh, struck a chord of interest in a lot of our listeners, and we invite your calls. We'll come back to the topic tomorrow, focusing a little bit more specifically on the Lord's second coming, also not what we maybe traditionally have thought exactly. And uh, we'll touch this matter again, review it. Ron Kangas uh, will be here to discuss that. So we invite you back tomorrow. Let me give you the toll-free number now if you'd like to call to get the printed life study material and find out about the other writings we have at Living Stream Ministry dealing with this subject of the Lord's return and the rapture of the believers. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And for Bob Danker and Chris Wild, thank you very much for listening today. Witness Lee's remarkable commentary on the life of Abraham, taken from the life study of Genesis, is now available from Living Stream Ministry in a single volume entitled Abraham Called by God. Abraham Called by God by Witness Lee is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.